Well, it is over, folks, ladies and gentlemen. The death march to the end of the Brown season that seemingly occurs every year, except for one year where nobody was allowed in NFL stadiums, uh, has ended. The Cleveland Browns fall to seven and ten. They lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers, twenty-eight to fourteen at Acrisure Stadium in Pittsburgh. Hello, everybody. I'm Dan. I'm here with Steven. This is Living Off the Land. This is the Browns LOTL postgame show, and we are here to lament, to look forward to uh, an offseason of uncertainty, and and then at the end, we'll get into some, some around the NFL, and we'll talk about uh, some NFL playoff seeds that are starting to get sewn up. So, But, uh, Steven, how, what it what are your thoughts about today? I'm sure they're not uh, great. So, as we've documented before, picking against the spread is never easy. But oh. as I told you before the show, this was the easiest game I had to pick today. <clears throat> Pittsburgh yeah. minus two and a half was easy money. The, in these, This is the ninth time that the Browns have played in Pittsburgh on the final day of the season in the last, I don't know, like 15, 20 years. And the Steelers have won all eight and I think covered in all but one of those instances. So it's no, that's not true. The Browns in 2020 beat the Steelers in the last game of the year. That was in Cleveland. Oh, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, my th- bad. that was those my were happy days when we beat the Steelers to get into the postseason and then beat them the next week in the playoffs. In boy, Pittsburgh. does that seem like an absolute lifetime ago? Uh yeah, that was just two years ago, but it sure seems like a heck of a lot long ago, doesn't it? God. Yeah. So you know, the order has seemingly been restored. The Browns are in the basement. The Steelers are. Well, they didn't get into the postseason, thankfully, but they, you know, not through any fault of their own, they did everything they could. Yeah. Um, and you know, the game actually didn't start all that negatively. The Browns had the lead for a while, but you know, whatever it is, last few minutes of the half and the first few minutes of the second half has seemingly been an abject disaster for the Browns. we don't have a coaching staff that knows how to manage a and fucking game. Sorry. Oh, my God. Sorry. I'm already dropping F-bombs. This oh. game didn't even matter. <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> uh, you know what? When the Browns lose to the Steelers, people here are usually quite put off by that. So let's just let bygones be bygones on that. Um, has Joe Woods been fired yet? Who needs? Okay. Who needs to be fired more? Joe Woods or Kevin Stefanski? Well, Joe Woods, um, obviously, there's a, in my opinion, a 0% chance that he, he comes back next year. Um, I feel dumb for saying that the Browns' defense had turned the corner last week. Good God. I've And you know what? I went back and I looked at the scores from the previous four or five weeks. I was trying to make the case. Yeah, that was just not – that was never going to – fly <laughs> and also giving up 28 to the Steelers is like giving up 45 to a decent offense oh yeah the Steelers offense absolutely is the Steelers putrid. offense is the worst in the league practically might even be I think the Jets are probably worse but like other than that like I can't think of any off the top of my head there <laughs> so oh god ugly yeah uh so obviously Joe Woods but but I'll I'll, I'll say this and I tweeted this um what case has Kevin Stefanski made to be brought back next year as the Browns head coach? He's not helping himself out, that's for sure. You know, I, the, the biggest case that he can make is, well, I didn't have my main quarterback the first two-thirds of the season. That, to that's me, a, that's to me, about it. Right, but to me that's not an excuse because the reason why – you weren't losing games because of your backup quarterback in you, the first 11. Yeah, they weren't actually. Only in like one or two instances. Now, did you Jaco- could you did, blame it on Brissett? Yeah, did Jacoby Brissett play well enough to win you games? No, they were four and seven when he played. But he wasn't the reason why you were losing. I would argue, kind of, as the answer to that. You know, given that they lost a few games where they lost like thirty-one, thirty, and thirty to twenty-eight because the defense was just you know that bad. Yeah, which which is even more indictment on Stefanski, quite frankly. <laughs> they just and Joe Woods. They don't know how to manage a football game. That's no. That's the problem. When you get these brainiacs who, you know, live off of a spreadsheet, they and you when you get into scenarios where the bullets are firing, 
and you have to make split-second decisions without being able to crunch numbers and stuff like that. They don't know what they're doing. And they fly from the seat of their pants. What are they doing all week? I don't know. I have no idea. And again, this isn't a, uh, oh, the Browns need to run the ball more. But if they were actually trying to win this game today, how does Nick Chubb have 12 carries? Uh, good question. I was just going to go there because Nick Chubb had six and a half yards to carry today. Exactly. I'm sorry. How does it happen? The Browns were never two scores down in this. Well, yeah, they were. It was 20-7 to for a little bit. But still, against that offense, two scores is not a lot. No. If you can score, most likely you're getting the ball back because they're not going to score right back at you. But, man, I... 29 passes for Deshaun Watson today, only 12 carries for Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt had four. And by the way, Kareem Hunt can just get off my football team. He's just not good anymore. Seems like every single line I read of his is like five carries, 10 yards, or no, something he, like that. He's four carries, 13 out. yards today. He had completely checked out. He knows he's not coming back to the Browns next year, and the Browns are out of the playoffs. He's checked out. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, thanks for thanks for what you brought us, Kareem. But, uh, yeah, you're not going to be on the team next year. So, And I think he knows that. I think that's probably why. At least he wasn't as bad as Jadavion Clowney, who just said peace out with a week left to go. <laughs> you know? It's like, I don't feel like going to Pittsburgh. I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, God. January in Berea. January in Berea. I mean, what else can you say? I mean, it's like every, every January in this in this city, the dark cloud rolls in. I'm a little surprised that Mary Kay Cabot didn't just try to sit on that article and not release it until after this game. But I don't know. I guess it didn't matter. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> Ultimately, who cares? But yeah, um, when you have the story, I guess you reported. That's your job. So we yeah. Cause, so we lose the Steelers again uh, in Pittsburgh. Uh, when was the last time? Other than the playoff game, when was the last time we won in that building? I think it was 2003. <laughs> Tim Couch was the quarterback. And we can't even say it's because of Ben Roethlisberger now. You lost to Kenny freaking Pickett. That guy stinks. He's not good. Although he did throw a couple of dimes, typically, particularly the 31-yarder to Pickens. And then the one on the sideline that they didn't call a catch, which I swear I thought was, but either way... You know, that's the word. That might be the biggest indictment of the Browns here. The Steelers actually, and, and the referees were awful the entire Horrid. first Horrid. The but whole the two, game. The Don't two say first half. Play, I didn't watch most of the second half, quite frankly. Once they well, got down I mean, 20 was, to 7, I put the Jets Dolphins game on. There was the there was the the the, um, the absolute worst missed face mask call I've ever seen in my life when Larry Ogunjobi sacked uh, – Deshaun Watson, but literally the only reason why he brought him down is because he was falling to the ground. He grabbed his face mask, and that's how Deshaun Watson wasn't able to stay up. Hmm. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Where I was going with that was the Steelers had two really – I mean, one was a 50-50 call, I guess, but the first one was pretty darn egregious, and that was when they scored a touchdown that wasn't called a touchdown. The Steelers, instead of challenging, decided to go up-tempo and try to sneak on second down. Credit to the Browns, they actually stopped that and then uh, caused a fumble on third down, which meant the Steelers didn't even score. And that was part of the reason why, well, the main reason why the Browns had the lead uh, until Here. the final two minutes of the first half. This isn't great radio, but this is this was not – here, this was not called face mask. And Watson rolling out to his right, and yeah. That was not Ogunjobi called a face mask. Literally hauled him down by his face mask. That's the only reason why he was able to with get him down. With his hand, jerking his neck and everything. Yeah, that was not. Uh, and it's not like there were lots of guys around on this play either where the referees couldn't well, well, see or look, something. You know, he's Watson's by himself running over toward the right. Look, look, at, look in the le- left of the – Look in the left of the screen as it keeps going. Look who's standing right there just staring at it, and it doesn't call it. That's the main referee, is it not? Yeah. Yeah. Standing behind the play as he usually does at the beginning of each play. Listen, that's not why the Browns lost. I'm just saying. like The, the officiating was horrible the entire game. The Steelers got about three 
two or three penalties on their first scoring drive that were like WTF, especially the pass interference that was called on Grant Delpit. He wasn't even the guy that was around the receiver. Oh, that was like the worst <laughs> P.I. I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, it, it was total. Hopefully that officiating crew will not be working in the playoffs. Boy. Because they were pathetic. If your today. team is in the playoffs and you see that you got the same officiating crew that was in that Brown-Steelers game, run. Run. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. Yeah, exactly. Bam, 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 bam. Um. Yeah. yeah. So that sucked. Um. The Browns finished seven and ten. The Browns in twenty twenty one finished eight and nine. And listen, I, this isn't going to be a Baker Mayfield thing because it, seven and nine. <clears throat> because I, Deshaun Watson is better than Baker Mayfield. But you went eight and nine. Don't even. Don't even. Because you're gonna sound like an idiot if you if you say that. Um, that's not an open and shut case for me. Just saying. Well, that's because anyway. you're 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 I don't know drunk. Uh, now I don't even have my train of thought because you got me thinking that you that you actually <laughs> want to say that, and that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. And that's coming from a guy that was a Baker fan. Anyway. Eight and nine with Baker Mayfield, and uh, you guys wanted to make the drastic decision of bringing in one of the most controversial uh, athletes because of stuff off the field. Give up three first round picks to do it, and again, I know he didn't play; he he only played one third of the season. But your record is actually worse after you did all of that. Your record is worse. How do the Browns just not make sweeping changes in this offseason? I don't understand. They really are at quite a because, tipping point moment right now. Because here's my issue is if you don't do this now, and again, if they did decide to make sweeping changes, I, I would talk myself into it. If they didn't, I'm a Browns fan. I'm going to end up talking myself into the team next year. So one way or another, either way, I'm not stomping on my I'm not stomping on the desk here saying that they need to fire everybody, even though I did tweet it during the game because I was pissed. But if you I lost my train of thought again. So as a businessman, Jimmy Haslam, the ownership. D and everyone else who's involved, they got to decide two things. But the main thing is... Well, they need to look themselves well, in the I'll mirror, put the smaller thing. The smaller thing is, is the financial outlay. Does it really make sense to completely uproot another coaching staff, pay that head coach and staff off the remainder of their Oh, contracts? that stuff doesn't matter. That stuff doesn't matter. These guys have more money but than then the, but then the second, That doesn't matter. But then the second part, and this is the most important thing, do they have faith in the staff they have right now that they can do better than they did this year with a full season of having Deshaun Watson and the other guys who are going to be around. Right. That's the big question. Yeah. If the answer to that is no, then they should fire everybody now and don't even bother going into next season. Because listen, this year was a wasted season. Whether the Browns want to want to term it that way or not, it was. When you made that trade, and and once you found out, you knew he was going to be out for eleven games. The season became a waste. It was always going to be a really hard road. And the, it went pe- pretty the people similarly to what the we people that too. thought that this guy was going to be come back after not playing for seven hundred days and then just run the table and get us in the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, just pull the. Pull the rabbit's foot out of your ass, for God's sake. Anyway, I, I remember what I was getting to. So so you, we call this a wasted season, right? If you bring Stefanski in, this guy's bad. Joe Woods is gone. I'm not saying Joe Woods, too. Whoever you bring in is D.C. If you, if you bring Kevin Stefanski in, and let's say they start 2-5, and 2-6. and six, Gone. And now you've wasted two years. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's the run. That's the risky run. If you bring the staff back and most of the core guys back, 
that are under contract, obviously. And, you know, you play it out, and it ends up like Hugh Jackson's third season when you didn't fire him after 2017. Team started 2-5, and five and you had to fire him. Yep. So, you know... What do this you is what, what do you do? Yeah, this is what they're talking about. And it's right just now. like what you said. Like if I can get on board with this either way at this point. If they feel like they need to make the change, I can get behind that. If they feel like no, we're going to give Stefanski and Watson the whole season, I can understand that too. This is one of those situations where they just they can't be wrong because otherwise it's going Honestly, the worst scenario is that they keep the guys and next year goes bad. Because then, not only do you have, are you out a head coach, you might be out a quarterback too. No, you won't. You might be. No. Because if next year goes bad and it's because Watson is playing poorly, people are, I don't know, maybe those in Berea will want to stay the course. Literally every fan is going to want to run him out of town. No, that's not true. It's not true. Sorry. You might want that to be true. That's not true. I don't see how it wouldn't be. Because they'll blame Stefanski before they blame Watson. If the guy's a turd sandwich off the field, Andy's losing on the field too. I they, mean, how but, in the world? But but they'll just but but they'll make Stefanski the scapegoat. The organization might. Whether the fan base will actually buy that? or No, not, the fans will too, because the fans are frothing at Kevin Stefanski right now too. And if they bring him back and they suck again, they're going to be looking at the head coach. Uh, maybe, yes. maybe primarily at, they would be looking at the coach. Over maybe the after yes. that, maybe okay, because then there literally we will be nobody else, right? But they're not going to say get the coach and the quarterback out of here. No, they're gonna they're they're gonna get the they're gonna say get the coach out of here. No, I agree. Watson has more rope at this point than Stefanski does, but I don't think it's as much as you might think. Nah, I disagree. Maybe they're just it's stuck not going because to... they have all this dead money against the cap if they get rid of them, but. You know, no, I just, yeah, I don't bet. So bottom line is, is that if they decide to bring Stefanski back, Joe Woods, we assume is gone at this point, regardless. Yep. He's gone. We're going to, we, we might even hear that tonight, but I I expect to hear that tomorrow. If they bring Stefanski back, they got to be right. Yeah. They're wrong. Not only is 2023 gone, probably 2024 is not going to be easy either because you're looking at, New coaching staff. Yep. New schemes. Probably Miles Garrett gone. Probably Nick Chubb gone. You know, it's just woof. It's. I actually think they're looking at it being pretty tough. I actually think that and no first round pick this year or next. I actually think that it's more likely that uh, if you if, if they if they come out and suck ass next year too, I think it's more likely that the quarterback demands a trade rather than the team actually gets rid of him. So. By God's ears. Again, I don't think that that's what's going to happen. But Ke- the, the next shoe to drop is Kevin Stefanski, whether it's this offseason or next if they struggle next year or in the middle of the season, which in my opinion would probably be the worst of all outcomes because then you're going on another death march to the end of the next season. Because it's what's going to happen. Be effectively what Carolina did this season after they fired Matt Rule after Week Eight. Yeah. So what? So what do the Browns do at defensive coordinator? Are they going to hire a experienced, maybe former head coach that will come in here and maybe demand a little bit more accountability, <clears throat> or will Stefanski not want that? Essentially having somebody who could challenge his authority in the building as far as a coaching standpoint and maybe he tries to pluck a up-and-coming secondary coach or linebacker coach that nobody's ever heard of and decides to make him defensive coordinator I don't think he can do the latter I think that's what we're looking at though for me I hate to say that for me I think it's got to be somebody like Mike Zimmer yeah I don't think there's any way that Stefanski would allow somebody like that in the building. I, I just I can't see well, it. Well, I mean, he depends. He may not have a choice. I mean, the ownership might tell him this is what you got to do. Well, if if that's the case, then fine. But it's going to have to be a directive from Jimmy. 
basically. Well, that's where, yeah, to, that's to, where it's to, to make that happen. Because that's I where just, it's coming from. Because I I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I think if it was up for up for Stef, up to Stefanski, I don't think he would fire Joe Woods. I think that directive is coming from up top. Wow. That that just tells you that there's just no accountability. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what did, what did Kevin Stefanski say at his introductory press conference? Smart, tough, and accountable. Hmm. Interesting. The Browns aren't smart. Nope. I mean, I, toughness is is relative. Tough, maybe. I mean, you could possibly make a case for that, but I mean, you're not going to confuse. Or certainly them with, not. Like, they're certainly not, confu- not mentally tough. You're not going to confuse them with a team like San Francisco or something no. like that. And then accountable. Yeah. What are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. People people like to say the whole Jadevian Clowney thing is accountability because they sat him and. Uh, I mean, what does it matter? The season was over at that point. And, and then when you go to the press conference, when reporters are asking Kevin Stefanski about it, he goes, oh, I understand the question, but we're just going to keep that in-house. Just not answer the question. It's like a politician. Yeah. I, I mean, that's basically what he's been. Basically. The, the part of the season, you know. But it's bad. I have to be it's better. Bad, I have to be better. Oh, God. Yeah, no kidding. But what are you doing about it? Nothing. It's just it's so bad. It is so bad. And then when you watch the game, now obviously the the magnifying glass is on the quarterback. It's on Deshaun Watson. Uh, he didn't play very well today. Uh, he had a couple. He had a couple decent throws. Fine. His talent alone is going to allow him to make those kind of throws a couple times a game. But he turned the ball over multiple times. Uh, and then I'll tell you what, our offensive line and our receivers have no idea how to play with a scrambling quarterback. Not at all. It's like they've never practiced it. They may not have actually. Well, what have they been doing the last six weeks? I mean, you're probably not installing, you know, whole new offenses and new schemes with, you know, only a third of the season left. I mean, you could try to do some elements, I suppose, but that's the sort of thing that you usually, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, that's the sort of thing that you would usually do in training camp and and the preseason, I would think. It was just the whole game. It was like, it was like once once Watson got to his hitch after uh, getting the ball snapped to him, if there wasn't anybody open there, he's trying to scramble out. And our guys have no idea how to block for a scrambling quarterback. None. And then our receivers. He's like scrambling out to the left or scrambling out to the right. And nobody, no receiver knows how to do a scramble drill. They're running the wrong way in a lot of cases. But it's I will say this so about Deshaun. Nauseating. Deshaun was actually having a really good game, I thought, until he made an absolutely abhorrent decision right before halftime to throw into triple yeah. coverage. Yeah. That got That picked. was really bad. That led to the Steelers getting a field goal and taking the lead before halftime. Yeah, that was really um, bad. Really bad. I mean, that would have been basically an A or worst A-minus half for him if it hadn't been for that throw. Yeah. And those are the kind of throws that we were basically piling on Jacoby Brissett for making in the yeah. first two-thirds of the season. You said, well, Deshaun Watson is going to make throws like that. Yeah, that's something that if we go into next season, he can't. Well, be Jacoby, doing, he can't be doing that. The problem with Jacoby's was his his were happening with the game on the line at the end of the game. Sure, which you know everything gets a bigger magnifying glass when it's you know last three four. My problem, my problem is, my problem is, Baker Mayfield last year, Jacoby Brissett this year, Deshaun Watson second second half of this year. year. And win loss, you're essentially getting the same result. So you're you're changing the quarterback, but what is the constant in all of that? Coaching staff. Yeah, the play caller. Primarily, yes. So, I mean, that's why I'm like, okay, if the if the if if the Haslam's and again. They're not exempt from blame for this. They have to look in the mirror. They've been owners of this team for 10 years now, and they have one playoff appearance, one playoff win, and what, nine other losing seasons? Yes. I mean, it's just so bad. And only a few. Of the, in fact, we think of 7-10. and 7-10 and is not a very good result, but that's actually – the fourth best record we've had. No, 
fifth best record we've had in Haslam's tenure. Oh my God! The other, there were three other seasons in there where we were seven and nine, seven, eight and one, and eight and nine. Yeah, just barely better. Yeah. <laughs> and every other year we've had besides that has been worse than seven and ten, and, and some well, of them have been one and fifteen and zero oh and sixteen. Like I said, let's see what they cook up. Here in the first uh, week or so of the offseason, again, I expect to hear tonight or tomorrow that uh, the defensive coordinator is being replaced. Uh, I I would have to assume that probably Kevin Stefanski doesn't get fired, but I really don't know for 100% certainty. So, Tell me we'll if see. this sounds like a possible compromise. Mm-hmm. We were talking about decisions coming from the top that yeah. Kevin Stefanski is going to have to adhere to. Maybe one of those conditions is, hey, we still want you as the head coach, but you're going to have to give up the play calling duties. No, I don't think so. If Jimmy were to to tell him that, do you think he would just leave? No, he won't leave because he's got years on his contract, and if he just leaves, he's not going to get paid. Right. So that's not going to happen. So Jimmy's got all the leverage there. If he if he wants to do right, that, but he no, can do but that. but he'll but he'll. But he'll he would force the owner's hands and be like, "I'm not doing that. If if you want me to if you want me to not do that, then fire me." Hmm. So that I mean, he Stefanski's not going to resign. No, well, no, any no, they would have no to, way he would do that. They would have to have a meeting, and you know, Haslam Haslam uh, orders that, and then Stefanski says, "No, I'm not doing that," and then Haslam says, "All right, well, you're out then." Hmm. So. But where does Andrew Barry sit in all of this? Oh, he's not great either because his drafts are not looking very good. Uh, he just completely ignored the defensive tackle position in the offseason this year. Not smart. And, you know, Anthony Walker was playing well before he got hurt early in the season, but the best linebackers, excuse me, the best linebacker play that we've had all year has been when we've picked guys up off the street, like Reggie Ragland the last couple weeks. Such a great name for a late free agent pickup. Yeah. Ragland. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I I don't know. He's not looking great either in all this. And the guy that's certainly not looking good in all this is the invisible man, Paul D. Podesta. Yeah, who, exactly. Who, who has put the who has put all of this menagerie together? I feel so. I know that it's the head coach that you ultimately makes the call, but I feel like maybe this is completely off the wall. But I feel like the main reason we've been going for it on fourth down so much this season and failing is Paul D. Podesta. Well, not the fail. I think that's that is a sabermetrician's philosophy not the failing part but yeah going for it all the time 100 percent. in and in situations like the one we had last week where we kicked a field goal made it but then took the points off the board later you know somebody said like well the expected point value of a versus b like that that's yeah. what they're looking at imagine if we would have lost that game last week by by three by, or like less two <laughs> i probably would be calling for stefanski's job <laughs> right but yeah i it's like I'm dumbfounded right now. I don't know where they go from here. I don't think there's any possible way that they just run everything back. Joe Woods is gone. Quite frankly, I think Mike Prefer should be gone too. But that's a little bit more murky. I, I feel like the special teams has played much better the second half of the season. I don't think that's even disputable. They definitely have. Um, so yeah. punt, punt return has been better. Kicker has been kind of iffy some weeks, but Cade York's been better for most of the last month. And then uh, kids got to figure out how to kick in First Energy Stadium. Yeah, that's been the problem. He's been dynamite on the road yeah. in most cases. And again, that's not an easy thing to do. I'm not just saying like, oh, you snap your fingers and you and you do that. First Energy Stadium is one of the hardest places to kick in the entire league. Maybe, yeah, like other than Acrisure Stadium and maybe Highmark Stadium, uh, yeah. Pittsburgh and Buffalo, those are probably the two hardest, I would think. And then probably our stadium is probably next. Yep. I mean, the only other ones it could be would be maybe Foxborough and Lambeau. Maybe Seattle just because it rains there all the time. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Lambo is really. I mean, other than the snow, I don't. Th- I don't think the wind is really that difficult because that's a completely enclosed stadium. 
Not yeah, the roof. No, the, not the, the roof, wind would not the, be the primary issue there. Yeah, It'd be the, either the, snow or the fact that it's like six below. Yeah, the plant you get to this point yeah. of the year. Yeah, it's like you're kicking a rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know where we go from here. Uh, obviously, this is gonna, this is our last post game show, but uh, we'll be talking about the Browns off season on our regular episodes of Living Off the Land. But the Browns finished seven yes. and ten. Here's the thing. Perhaps the poll question we should put up is, will Kevin Stefanski still have a job by the time of our regular show on Wednesday? Yeah, I I think he will. Joe Woods is not, but I think he will. Yeah, I don't know, maybe. It wouldn't even make sense to talk about Joe Woods. He, they, he, they might have left him behind. Him it is almost impossible to predict what a Jimmy Haslam-led franchise is going to do from day to day. Yeah. So, I don't know. I know tentatively Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski are slated to to meet with the media tomorrow afternoon. So the fact that they already announced that leads leads me to believe that Stefanski's probably not going anywhere. But hopefully they hopefully they announce a new change in leadership on the defensive side of the ball. That's for sure. So but anyway, yeah, Browns lose, finish seven and ten on the season, finish dead last in the AFC North. Kevin Stefanski's three seasons as head coach. The Browns have finished divisionally third, third, and last, even though we won 11 games and went to the playoffs in the first year. Um, It's just not good enough. It's not good enough at all. Um, You have a team like the Baltimore Ravens who, for the second year in a row, their all-MVP quarterback uh, has missed at least – the last five games and they're still going to the playoffs this year yeah they missed out a year ago largely because of that yep but, you know this time they actually so i don't want to there's no excuses that's what i'm trying to get at there's no excuses there's no excuses no excuses no excuses i don't care if you didn't have your quarterback for 11 games to start the season jacoby Brissett played well enough for you to to be more than four and oh, seven he in absolutely those 11 games. did and all but like one or two circumstances. That's why. That's why you're going to hear a lot of people say, "Oh, they didn't have. They only had Deshaun Watson for six games." It doesn't matter to me. It does not matter to me. And yeah, in the first eleven games, the offense actually played pretty well in most of those games. So you would think that, you know, maybe the blame isn't on Kevin Stefanski. My retort to that is he's the head coach. He's not the offensive coordinator, so he gets blame or credit for both sides of the ball. Yeah. Too often, too often fans are like, oh, it's, it, it, you know, pitting blame between Kevin Stefanski and Joe Woods. That's not how this works. They're not on the same level. No. Kevin Stefanski is the head football coach. Too many people want to just treat him like he's the offensive coordinator. Quite frankly, I wish he was just the offensive coordinator and we had a different head coach. I feel like we'd be a lot better. Probably be in a better position. I mean, that game today probably maybe would have been for the division championship or you know, for the Browns to clinch a playoff berth rather than us just trying to spoil somebody else. It's another and thing I failing it's another th- it's another thing I hate in the NFL. Be who we can play spoiler. That's such a loser mentality. Well, the Browns did that to the Commanders last week. Uh, yeah, but it's such, would have been in it's such loser otherwise. mentality. I don't care about any other team. I care about my team. If I don't if I don't have a chance to get in, I don't care. Yeah, you were never like scoreboard watcher guy you know in, in these late game situations i mean your your whole thing is you shouldn't be in a situation where you have to scoreboard watch yeah you know to get in yeah so so yeah but uh yeah that's pretty much going to do it for uh the brown season you know throw a ball on that crap bag but uh we do have to talk about teams that were actually good enough to make the playoffs and we'll go around the NFL. Yeah, so we'll just go rapid fire on some of the games that didn't matter. The Falcons beat the Buccaneers 30-17. to Tampa is already in the playoffs. They are locked in as the four seed. The Texans and the Colts played the toilet bowl game of the day, and actually that had probably the best ending where the Texans converted a fourth and 20 and then <laughs> decided to go for two on the final play of the game to win. Could you imagine being a Texans fan? <laughs> You've but, had the crappiest of crap seasons. And then you're staring the number one pick in the face, and the team decides to convert a fourth and 20 and then convert a two-point conversion to win a game that costs you the number one pick? <laughs> so I mean, funny. my word. 
I mean, if you're a Bears fan, you're having the same reaction that you're having right now, right. which is laughing at it. You know, and you know the Bears, they did their job today. They lost to the Vikings 29-13. Oh, yeah. to 13. Well, they sat Justin Fields for the last game, so you knew they were going to lose. <laughs> Lucky for him, I guess. Well, the thing um, that sucks about that is he was 64 yards away from setting the NFL record for rushing yards for a quarterback in a season, and they didn't play him. Well, I mean, what are they afraid of? Like, he's going to get some sort of, like, year-long injury today? Like, I just – I don't get that. Yeah. But, you know, what be this may, the Bears got the number one seed – or the number one pick uh, in next year's draft. The Texans will be drafting second. I believe the Colts will be drafting third as they were just god-awful pathetic like the entire last yeah. five, six weeks. I think they only finished with four wins. Uh the Chargers and the Broncos are cl- concluding their game right now. Denver is leading 31 to 28. The Chargers are locked into the 5 seed in the AFC. That because the Ravens lost to the Bengals earlier today 27 to 16. The Ravens fell and were locked into the 6 seed with that result. The Ravens turned it over four times in this game leading to three easy touchdown scores by the Bengals. Mm-hmm. And the Bengals jumped out to a big lead and got this thing done very quickly. Cincinnati will be the three seed in the AFC playoffs as the Bills defeated the Patriots 35-23. to yeah. That confirmed the Bills the two seed. And interestingly enough, led to a situ- now this leads to a situation where because they didn't make up the game from last week, I think if, if I have this right, if, if Buffalo and Kansas City end up playing each other in the AFC championship, that game won't be played in Kansas City. It'll be played somewhere else. On a neutral site, yeah. Because Buffalo didn't have a chance to finish that game, and they finished a half game behind Kansas City and yeah. had the tiebreaker on them. And did you hear, uh, supposedly uh, there's a report that came out that the NFL contacted the city of Indianapolis and wanted to play that game, if if that were to happen, play that game at Lucas Oil Stadium. city of Indianapolis said no. You know, that's where I figured they were going to want to play it because it's yeah. about halfway I thought, I between thought either, the two cities. Either that or Detroit. That, those were the two. Yeah, so now they'll probably look at Detroit yeah. or maybe well, they'll the, look Detroit at Detroit. Detroit already said no because they're they're uh, replacing their turf in January. Oh. And they said well, they're not moving that because they have they have other events scheduled after that. Let's see here. Who else could they look at? They could look at Atlanta. They could look at Dallas. Yeah. Minneapolis. Well, Minnesota's going to be in the playoffs, so that might my, not work. My thing, my thing is – a lot of people were saying that uh, why just look at dome stadiums because both teams play outdoors. The NFL is going to want to control every single aspect where that they, they can go, possibly Miami? control. <laughs> no, or they said something like like people were saying like Chicago Houston? or or something well, like Houston's that. Retractable, so they could play there, I guess. Yeah, I don't worry about that team playing in the playoffs. <laughs> why not just like completely just throw it throw of the dice and have it in Vegas or something? Yeah, I mean, maybe that's maybe that's what they do. Maybe that's what they do. I don't know. You know, they haven't announced it. So, I, but I know that Indy was like, no. They, apparently, they have some sort of event going on that weekend if, or that the game that game's supposed to be played. Ah, uh, well, I mean, might be difficult to get out of a contractual obligation. Right. So, right. Yeah. In either case, uh, we we continue on here. The the Dolphins and the Jets. <laughs> So the Jets had lost like six in a row, and the Dolphins had lost five in a row coming into this game. Talk about the fat something porn game had of the, to give. game of the year. I mean, maybe other than Colts Texans, but but at least yeah. that game was entertaining and had a great right. ending. This game was not entertaining. The problem is like is like both of those teams don't have records that would say, "Oh, this is the powder puff game of the year." But the the states that both of those clubs are in today. It's like you would think that the, the two worst teams in the NFL were playing each other. Darn shame the Browns couldn't catch these two teams in like week 15 and week 16. Well, you know, they if we didn't blow a 13-point well. lead in in uh, in week less than two. two minutes. Oh. Although I will I will say I will say this. I will say this. If the Browns actually were in a win win and you're in such scenario this week at Pittsburgh and lost, that would be worse. Well, yeah, we the fact that we don't have anything more. to play for. We can just make fun of how crappy they look. But I'll tell you what. The the unsung hero of this game, well, Garrett Wilson was trying to be the unsung hero. He was basically trying to win the game on his own for the Jets. He was yeah. incredible today. But um, Jason Sanders, the field goal kicker for Miami, just clutch. Yep. 50-yard field goal with 23 seconds left, nails it, and then Miami gets the most backdoor of backdoor covers ever as the Jets try to – 
lateral on the final play, they end up getting a safety <laughs> and cover to win 11 to six. <laughs> so just anyone who bet the Jets, I mean, that's just like, I can't even imagine <laughs> losing a game like that. But uh, Miami is in the playoffs with that. They get the, the final seed in the AFC. And, well, the Jets were already eliminated, so it didn't even matter for them. But uh, whew, that game was tough to watch. Um, the Panthers also beat the Saints 10-7. to That game didn't mean anything. The Panthers and Saints both finished 7-10, and same as the Browns. And that was it for the 1 o'clock window. Going to the 4 o'clock window here, we've got a couple games that are coming down to the end and a couple that have already gone final. One game that's already gone final, the Eagles defeated the Giants 22-16. to The Giants... Put up some points in garbage time in this game and I guess went for an onside kick late, but we're not able to get it. So the Eagles do pretty much the minimum necessary today, but they do what they had to do. They get the victory and get the number one seed in the NFC. And actually they didn't, well, they needed to win to get that. They ultimately did not need to win that game to win the NFC East as the Cowboys have been absolutely pathetic today. They're losing to the Commanders 26-6 to with just oh about two minutes left. God. Well, like... It was 20-6 to six at the end of the third quarter, and like you and I talked right before we started recording, um, and I wonder if this was the case, if Dallas just pulled everybody. They must have. I yeah. mean, it would have made sense for them to do so. Can, and can I also just say another thing? Dak Prescott stinks. He's been terrible. The guy's missed five games this season, and that's not why he stinks. He stinks because he's missed five games, and he leads the NFL in interceptions. That's almost hard to fathom. And he threw another pick six today. He said pick sixes in like four of his last five games. Unbelievable. <laughs> Tampa's defensive backs have got to be just licking their chops. Like if, like if this wasn't the last <laughs> game of the year and you're going in the playoffs, you're wondering, are, do you just bench him? Oh, my word. And again, he's a guy that's... I don't think you can bench a guy when you... He's making $40 million dollars a year, and he's just giving the other team points and every again, game. Cooper Rush played really good when he was when he yeah. was in. You know, I think the Cowboys went four and one when Dak was they out. Really, might have a quarterback controversy on their hands. I mean, again, here. not probably not now because you're going into the playoffs. You're gonna but, be talking about it all offseason, particularly oh, if Prescott yeah. plays poorly and they lose to Tampa. Oh, like, which I think is gonna happen. I mean, that's, that game's gonna be in Tampa. Tom in the playoffs against <laughs> Dallas, who never wins in the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you can make that spread large enough. Even though one team is twelve and five and the other's eight and nine, you know that doesn't matter. What does Dallas do in the playoffs? Lose. They lose. <laughs> what does Tom Brady do in the playoffs? Win Super Bowls. Yes. Now I don't think Tom Brady's. I'm not saying he's going to win the Super Bowl. No. This year. But at home, I think he's going to beat Dallas. I mean, I'm probably going to put money on it. By the way, how sad is it that a team can be eight and nine and be hosting a home playoff and another, game? Well, and another thing. You gotta think Dallas is gonna be favored in that game. I don't know what Vegas is gonna do on this line. If Tom Brady is a home underdog in the playoffs, you couldn't. I, like Mike said today about putting money on the Steelers, he might put his life save. He should have put his life savings on the Steelers. I might think about putting my life savings on Tom as a as a uh, a home underdog in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I, for me, that would objectively speaking, this is probably anywhere from a pick'em to Tampa by three. I'd be surprised if Dallas was favored, but you know, given the records, I guess it's possible. <sighs> Still, though, Cowboys did not look good at all today. And coming down now to we got the we only so we got all the seeds in the AFC kind of figured out now. And by With, the way. Uh... The Eagles are going to win against the Giants, but wasn't it a scenario if they lost and San Francisco won? San Francisco San would... would have been the one seed. Yeah. So the one seed was – the Eagles had to win to get the one seed. They ultimately yeah. didn't have to win to win the division, but they right. would have fallen to second. Right. So they do get the bye. So if you go through it, AFC, you've got Kansas City, who won yesterday against the Raiders. They are in the one seed. Buffalo second, Cincinnati third. Jacksonville, who rallied from behind late to beat Tennessee in the winner-take-all game – for the Duval. AFC South title. How good does Doug Peterson look right Dude, now? Dude, I am rooting for Jacksonville in the playoffs. This guy goes and wins a Super Bowl in Philadelphia, and this guy has got Jacksonville back in the playoffs, winning the division. Like He is one hell of a coach. How I under, about that? I understand at the end of his Eagles tenure it was a little bit stale, but, boy, can that, that guy can coach, man. He can. Yeah. And so, now, you know – this 4-5 matchup, that looks kind of similar to the one we just discussed. 
Jacksonville playing against the L.A. Chargers, which oh. is a team who, I mean, you talk about teams that just love to give games away. They are, <laughs> they are the worst. Other than the Falcons, they are the worst when it comes to that. Yeah, I will be picking, I will be picking Jacks. You know, J-A-X. You know, and that's one where if you look at the records, you might say, well, the Chargers probably should be favored. But no, probably not. You know, Jacksonville yeah. is t- – and Jacksonville, unlike Dallas – I mean, Dallas was playing well coming into today. They're looking terrible today. Jacksonville is on a – what are they, four or five-game win streak right now? Mm, or yeah, or like five like of the that. last six? They are playing great football. right? I think they were three and seven, and they've won like six of the last seven games. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Jacksonville is going to – it could really – I mean, I don't know if they cause a problem for the Chiefs in the second round, but they're playing with a lot of momentum right now. So, again, the Chargers are the fifth seed, the Ravens the sixth seed, and then Miami the seventh seed in the AFC. Going over to the NFC, Philadelphia the one seed, San Francisco second, Minnesota third, Tampa fourth, Dallas fifth, uh, the Giants sixth, and the seventh seed is the one that we have – as the last remaining seed to be determined – as it turns out, the Seahawks, which is one of the teams that could get that seed, they are in overtime oh, right wow. now against the Rams. It is tied at 16. Wow. Eight minutes to go in overtime in Seattle. Seattle needs this or they're done. Mm-hmm. And the Lions. If they boy, win, you, if they win, they got to hope that the Lions win tonight. So this is the most awkward situation ever for the Lions because they are probably on the field warming up right now at Lambeau for their game against the Packers. Yeah, probably But they're probably not to. even focused on their own game right now because they're probably scoreboard watching right now to see what's going on in Seattle. They need the Rams to pull that game out. If that happens, the Lions can beat the Packers tonight and go to the playoffs. If Seattle does win, then Seattle is waiting on the Seattle result. just won. The, oh, wow. Really? 19-16. Well, was that their first possession of overtime, or is that? The game is over. The game is okay. It's final. Okay, so Seattle has won. Breaking news. So kicked a field goal with four minutes left in overtime. The Lions might as well just leave Lambeau Field and just get back on the plane and go back to Detroit. Well, I mean, <laughs> this is all. The, the Lions are also a team that's won six out of seven to end the season, and they're a team that probably had no no dreams of making the playoffs this year. What do you think that would do for their growth and development to go into essentially boogeyman's lair and uh, keep the Packers from going to the playoffs? I mean, it's kind of similar to to what we were talking about the Browns, how I don't care if if we can't get in. But I guess looking at it from an outsider's perspective, I I still think the Lions are probably going to – I mean, could you imagine – even though that they they don't have a chance now making the playoffs, if they – win, keep the Packers from going to the playoffs, end the season over 500. after starting 1-6, the kind of momentum that they will be going into the offseason with? I mean, yeah, they, they would have a lot of momentum, but, you know, does that really carry over? I mean, I don't know. they would have a hell of a, I mean, they've had a hell of a second half. They started 1-6, they're now 8-8, eight and eight, so yeah. they've, they've won seven of their last nine. Yeah. This would be eight of their last ten if they win this game. I mean, does it really matter in the end if you because the winner of this game? Well, Probably not. actually, it's either going to be Green Bay or Seattle. Now, well, they'll have to go to San Fran. I mean, that's the team that you don't want to face in the first round. So it's probably yeah. not going to go well for whoever that is anyway. More than likely, no. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, I guess it would Green be Bay. Good Green Bay doesn't have a really good uh, recent history of playing in San Francisco. Uh, no, well, them especially. <laughs> I mean, ever since the Colin Kaepernick era, they've been getting beat up on by the Niners. Yeah. You know, not to mention last year where if they did diddly-poo on offense the entire second half, they would have won that game. Yep. You know. Yeah, so... Uh, hmm. Very interesting. So, at this point, we pretty much have the bracket drawn up. Yep. Um, and then it, on, on LOTL, we will, in fact go through it and you know pick everything and and all that we'll probably we'll probably start with we'll probably give our actual like picks nfl playoff preview coming this wednesday yeah we'll do our we'll do our we'll pick against the spread on the wild card and then ultimately we'll give a super bowl pick as we'll hold ourselves to that as it stands right now by the way you came into the day 
two games up on me in the in the point spread, and it didn't feel like you I were did up very well. three after the one o'clock window. Yeah. There were five games where we were separate, and you went three and two. I went two and three in those. In the four o'clock window here, you had the Giants; they covered. I had the Rams; they covered despite losing. And I'm looking for the other game right now, and. I don't remember what the spread was San Francisco. On, on Chargers and Broncos. Also, it's San Francisco. I think we both had the Niners. In oh, that okay, one. okay. Yeah, so uh, you're either going to be two or this. four games up, depending on what the spread was in the Broncos Chargers game. So, uh, but at this point, at this point, here. you have uh, finished the regular season ahead. That is confirmed. Um, the spread for what game was it? Chargers asking? versus Broncos. It was uh, Broncos minus four and a half. Oh, shoot. So the Broncos won, but they did not cover. So that, that does put you four games ahead now. Yeah. Yep. And that's the way it will finish because we both have Green Bay tonight. Yeah. Well, uh, next year, maybe we'll be, maybe we won't pick every game to bet real monies on next year, but maybe we'll do like a, like a top five. E- each of us pick a top five game and we actually. You know, put our money where our mouth is. You know, maybe it's just five bucks a game, but you know. Yeah, I th- I think we ought to do something like that, and I think we ought with a caveat that at least one of those games we have to be opposite on. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I think well, it's we maybe necess- not necessarily we even pick the same games. The well, yeah, that, well, right. The ones but, that we're actually betting on. Mm-hmm. Like we'll pick every game, but the ones that we're actually putting our own money on. We'll each pick, like, five games, and we'll right. put, like, five bucks each on the game. Right, and, like, one of them will have to be the big game of the week, and then another will oh, be yeah, one yeah. where, like, we just don't see eye on eye on, but we'll both put money on and be opposite. So, yeah. yeah, that's coming next year. That'll be fun now that sports betting is live here in Ohio, which if you're if as long as you haven't been living under a rock, you probably know that because every yep. second commercial is a sports book anymore. Yeah, and every time you log onto Twitter, there's a promoted tweet about some sports book at the top of your feed. So you got to scroll down to see your first tweet. I wonder if that's even for people that don't like sports, even if they're if they're getting those ads. I think that's it just is because, us it, because of the algorithm. I know. I think it. I think it's everybody because I think they're probably paying for it. Hmm. They're probably paying the ad revenue to Twitter. So Elon, get more cash. Yeah, five, yeah. Well, he's got to make some cash back for, on this year. <laughs> Not only is Tesla down, but but he spent forty billion dollars. Oh, his Tesla Tesla stock, boo! Yeah, <laughs> but that'll bounce back. I have a feeling. Maybe it maybe it never gets to five hundred dollars a share like it was, but <laughs> it'll bounce back. So, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us on uh, this edition and this year of the Browns LTL post game show. Appreciate you guys always listening. Thank you so much. Um, we're hoping next year is a better year. Obviously. Um, Tune in this week. Yeah, hopefully, for... we're not two and six at the bye and firing the coach. And... <laughs> I don't know if I can take that. I really don't. I really don't. Boo. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we'll be back uh, middle of this next week on Wednesday for another edition of Living Off the Land. Uh, appreciate you guys listening as always. You can follow us on social media at Stiffs McGee and at Daniel J Ford. You can follow the show at the L O T L Podcast, and we'll catch you guys later this week. See ya. <laughs>